On today's show, we'll outline four factors to help find your ideal retirement withdrawal rate. That and more just ahead. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. And welcome to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Welcome, Steve. How are you today? I'm great, Teresa. How are you? I'm great. And uh, also, Steve is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. So, and you've got, uh, you've got over two decades of experience. That's, you, you've got, you know your stuff then, that's for sure. <laughs> I do, and we're going to be talking about some of my favorite things today, so. Awesome, awesome. Yes, the amount of money you spend in retirement is a crucial factor in determining the type of lifestyle you're, you're going to be living. You know, maybe you want to travel and, and do more of that, especially with people, more people getting vaccines now. Um, but it's also important for ensuring you don't run out of money and how much you can comfortably take out of your accounts each year is unique to you because there's no cookie cutter when it comes to this. Um, so let's let's dig into some things that we can do. All right. First one's your expenses. That's different for everybody, right? And, and that's actually the most critical uh, determination that you need to make as a as a retiree, mm-hmm. because your asset allocation p- should be determined by your projected re- expenses. And so what we want to do is a well-defined goal, meaning we're going to look at what your lifestyle is going to be in retirement. Everyone is different. That's why the cookie cutter doesn't work. Right. And so these large financial firms, as all the baby boomers started retiring, they started doing all these surveys. And what they were trying to hope for is to, to kind of get people to fit into a box so that they could design a cookie cutter portfolio for those people. Mm-hmm. And so JP Morgan did a huge study. And what they found was that 27% of the people didn't fit into any of the boxes. And they called them snowflakes. So <laughs> that was kind of the whole premise behind the title of my book, Retire, re, you know, Retirement mm-hmm. Distribution Planning for the Nonconformist, mm-hmm. is because there's a, good, there's a good segment of the population that doesn't fit a box. Okay. And it, that might be you out there listening. Yeah. And so what, what's important is to actually paint a picture of your retirement, and everyone's retirement is different. Mm-hmm. For example, I have a client who he lives in the States for about six months a year, um, and travels abroad six months a year as a retired flight attendant. And he has friends all over the globe. He sold his house and will actually live with other people. When he's here, he'll spend a couple months in California. Okay. He spends a couple months in New York. And he'll stay with different friends, um, which is great if that's your plan. But you have to also make sure your friends are on board with that, too. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Hey, can I just drop in, knock on the door? Hey. How are you doing? I've heard people do that with RVs now, too. They'll go around the country and just live in an RV. And I think Montana is the place where they get their mailing address. So that's mm-hmm. what people do. But, yeah, traveling, eh, that's nice. It's nice. I, I've had multiple clients do the RV lifestyle. And, uh, you know, it's, everyone's different. But right. each, each lifestyle is, it costs a different thing. Someone who's going on uh, European travel is spending some, more money usually than someone who's going to camp in the national parks. So <laughs> Correct. Um, it's important to kind of have a, a, a sense of what you're going to do. And for actually – 
for most retirees, they're not retiring and buying a vineyard like what they do in the financial services ads, right? They're, most people are spending more time with grandkids or mm-hmm. um, if you have multiple grandkids, usually you're, you get called into babysitting duty um, <laughs> multiple times a week. So, uh, you know, that's that's one thing. And then the the costs in retirement aren't, they don't just stay the same. Right. They tend to barbell. Mm-hmm. And so what do I mean by that? Well, early on in retirement, you're still relatively healthy. And so you're doing a lot of those aspirational things that you wanted to do. Once you start getting to an age where it becomes more cumbersome to travel, and I'll give my parents as an example, they're at that age now, they're 82. You know, my dad can't travel without his CPAP machine, his days of the week pillbox. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he needs, he has, he needs help getting around. So he has to have, he has to bring a walker with him. So it's not, it's not fun for him to go fly somewhere because he has to bring all that stuff right. with him. And so what happens is you tend in the middle of your retirement, you tend to stay home more. Um, hopefully you're, you, you find stuff that's fulfilling to do locally that you're not just sitting watching eight hours a day of cable news, but, um, <laughs> she, no, not these days. <laughs> yeah. So, but yes, so, you know, so the, the, the expenses level off and then they, the reason it's a barbell is because they spike again at the end as you consume more healthcare. Right. Right. Or, and then unfortunately if you have to go in long-term care, yep, it all definitely adds up, definitely adds up. Also to your rate of return is another factor. And so that's another thing that um, people overlook is the rate of return. And the rate of return is important because you're going to potentially live 25, 30 years in retirement. In fact, I had a client that lived 55 years in retirement. He he was um, president of Universal Studios in the 40s and was best friends with Edgar Bergen. Wow. And uh, retired early at 55, and he lived to just shy of 107, two months shy of 107. Wow. And so... You know, so he, you know, for him, he planned, but not, that's an extreme, but I mean, most right. people are going to live 25, 30 years in retirement. You need to have something that's growing. So your overall rate of return matters because right now, if you go into the bank, you're getting a 10th of a percent. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously don't want to count on that either. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. Just don't know. The number to call Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Also too, this, uh, this is a topic that's especially popular now is inflation. We're talking about that because some people think it's going to rise up quite a bit. Well, yes. Yeah, so we've had a historically low inflation and I'm always shocked when I look at Um, people's financial plans and they haven't factored in any inflation or they factored in one or two percent because that's what it's been for the last 20 years things tend to revert back to their mean what what do I mean by that if some if the long-term average is much higher there'll be a period if you've had a period where it's significantly lower than that there'll be a period where it's significantly higher so for example the last 20 years we've had inflation between one and two percent the last time we had a 20-year period with inflation between 1% and 2% was between 1948 and 1968, and that was obviously followed by the 70s. So if you're, if you're in the car listening and you remember the 70s, you know that prices went up pretty rapidly. Yeah. And, so, and gas, too, was a shortage and yeah. all that good stuff. Yep. And we're starting to see the signs of that now, speaking of gas and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, of, of inflation creeping back into the system. And whenever you increase the money supply like we've done throughout the pandemic— it usually leads to inflation longer term. So you want to plan with a much higher rate of inflation. It's better to plan for a risk and have it not occur than to not plan for it. Yeah, 
yeah. Oh, yeah. You take all that in consideration to be on the safe side. You know, you don't want to panic with anything, but you'd rather be safe than sorry, as they say. Also, longevity. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but that's also important, too, like how you're going, how long you're going to live. You see, again, we mentioned so many times, people have their 100th birthdays. They go on TV. You see them. They go to the nursing homes and, you know, talk to the people, and they're spry, and they're still they're, they're doing well, but it could happen. Yeah, no, it, I mean, in, in about 20 years, there's going to be – millions of people who are turning 100. Willard Scott would have been very, very busy. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's right. And those smuckers. Uh, That's those, right. <laughs> but, That's right. You know, the, the idea about longevity is that we all kind of underestimate our longevity. And so you, you'd be surprised when I'm talking to people, I'll say, do you think you have a longer lifespan than the average person? I'll say, oh, no, I don't. And actually what studies have shown is that if you have a college degree, if you make more than $60,000 a year in income in your employment, um, you tend to live longer than the, your, your cohorts. And, and, and you would think, well, why, why would that make a difference? Education and, and income, that shouldn't make a difference on my health. Mm-hmm. But it does because if you have money, you're not going to avoid going to the doctor when, when something's wrong. Right. And if you're educated, you're, if you have a higher degree of education, you're not going to ignore warning signs. And so what when they've done, when they've done studies on this, a uh, uh, a person who makes it to 62, which is, you know, for a lot of people when they start think, thinking about retirement, mm-hmm. who's in reasonably good health, their life expectancy as a female would be 89 and a male would be 87. And what studies have shown is that the variability in their life expectancy, so the majority of people who fit that parameter have a college degree, make above $60,000, make it to 62 in reasonable health, the majority of those people will live within five to six years of that number. So that means most women are going to live between, call it 84 and 95, okay. and most men are going to live somewhere between 82 and 93. Okay. And so if you're retiring at 65, you're going to likely at least be probably 20 years in retirement. Yeah. And so you have to plan for that, and a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah, definitely to that consideration. They use it family history too. You know, it's it all and all all matters. You have to think about those things. No, it definitely does. And one of the things that we look at when we do a plan is we're we're going to ask you those questions. We're going to ask about your family history. We're going to ask about your lifestyle. And you don't want to over overestimate the damage you've done to your own body. And we've talked about this numerous times. Right. Uh, but <clears throat> you want to you want to make a, a reasonable guess as, as to how long you're going to live. And that's what a retirement distribution plan does. And so for the next 15 callers, what we're going to do is we're going to put together a customized retirement distribution plan. And in that plan, we're going to assess things like longevity. We're going to look at inflation. We're going to make assumptions. We're going to look at your overall investments right now. And we're going to use something called a forward-looking rate of return. Why is that important? Well, if you've ever gone into a bank and had the investment reps sell you a mutual fund, they have these big glossy sheets that say, oh, this fund is average 10%. But then in bold letters on the bottom, it says past performance is not indicative of future results, (laughs) right? And so actually, when they've looked at at data on this over the last 200 years, where you are uh, in terms of relative to the the long-term average of that asset class determines your return more than what the past performance is. So if if you're in a large-cap stock fund, for example, over the last 10 years, that's averaged 13%. So if you were looking at past performance, you would would factor in 13% return. Well, the long-term average in stocks for the last 100 years has been 10%. So there'll be a period where it does worse. So you want someone who's using a forward projection and projecting that's, those stocks more accurately. 
And so that's that's one of the things that we do in our plans. And again, for the, the next 15 callers, we're going to make that available absolutely free, Teresa. Yes, right. And the number to get in touch with Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Folks, this is for retirees and pre-retirees. It's just common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch, or like you said, the little disclaimer they put at the bottom. Folks, you just need to sit down and get a financial roadmap put together, and Steve's going to translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true, practical financial review. So right now... Now that number to call again is 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995, and um, you're going to get a roadmap that's going to show you where you are now, but most importantly, it's going to show you where you need to be in your future. In short, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain, and peace of mind, you just can't put a price on it. Again, that number to call Steve, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's coming up next, Steve? Well, letting our emotions get the best of us when planning and saving for retirement can have serious consequences. When we get back from the break, we're going to we're going to talk about the seven deadly sins, but we're going to apply them to retirement planning. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Chiriso Peka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is a fiduciary, and what that means, folks, is he's got your best interests in mind, not his own, because he's... He- you know, cares about what you need to do for your retirement future. Also has the website laurelwealthsolutions.com and can help you out with estate planning, legacy planning, long-term care, and so much more. So do you want to, this is maybe a, an easy question, do you want to improve your investment results? <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody's going to say no to that, Steve. But yeah, I don't, yeah. Think, I, I don't <laughs> think most people would want to do better, yes. No, no. So the so-called deadly sins, as you mentioned earlier, uh, list uh, we not only among the serious financial transgressions, but they're also among the most common. And your portfolio could show improvement if you avoid them. So let's get to it. The first one is pride. And so pride is thinking that you that you can do better than than the market as a whole. So right. basically, you're thinking you can beat the market or you can time the market by actively managing your own money. And I, I see this all the time. I've seen this throughout my career. And I remember about 20 years ago when I was first getting started, um, people were very nervous about the tech bubble, right? And so this was in the 90s. And mm-hmm. obviously, if you remember the 90s, the stocks continued to shoot the moon throughout the whole the whole decade. Oh, yeah. And so I, people would come in and they'd say, I, I, I'm going to get out of the stock market because it's going to crash. So I would take out my appointment book because that's back then. That's what we used an appointment book, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so Some I, people still do. I, I would say, oh, can you tell me what day it's going to crash so I can put it in my calendar? Right. <laughs> and, so, and then it would, the, the, they would kind of realize how silly they were being. Um, and what happens is we tend to remember our winners and it clouds our judgment. It's the, it, it, the easiest analogy is a golf analogy. That's what I always I always like to make is that you could play golf and have a horrible 18 holes where you you hit horrible shot after horrible shot, but then you get that one good drive or that one great putt and it makes you want to come back. Oh yeah. So it could have been, it could have been a completely frustrating day. So, and and we're seeing that now more than ever is that people who 
have probably been underperforming. Maybe they hit on GameStop or they, you know, they hit on Bitcoin and now they, they think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. Um, and so what, what studies have shown and what the numbers tell us is that actually humility is a lot better strategy than pride. So <clears throat> by accepting the average returns of the market through low-cost index investing like Vanguard or Fidelity, uh, you'll actually outperform the majority of investments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, humility is not a bad thing, folks, all, all the way around, including for in, your investments. Um, the next one, and we're not talking about the movie, greed. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, greed is not good. Sorry, Gordon Gecko. <laughs> um, and so uh, having an overly aggressive asset allocation, it, it can serve you well if you have time to make it back. But, you know, what we're talking about here is retirement distribution. So what do you not have the luxury of? in retirement is is time, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't just go, once you retire, unless you want to go back to work, uh, you can't just go and make the money back. And it, you might think, well, I could, I could ride it out, but what happens if you haven't left yourself enough liquidity because you've been overly aggressive? And risks, and we've talked about this before too on the show, risks don't happen just in one. They tend to go wrong in twos, threes, fours, fives. Right. So they kind of spiral. And so... You want to have enough money liquid because when you have liquid money, you make decisions from a position of strength. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And next one on the list is lust. Something I wouldn't equate with the investments, but apparently there is a connection to that. Well, there's, there's I would call it financial pornography. If you think about the, <laughs> okay. the CNBCs and the, the Fox businesses of the world, uh, they're entertaining. They're meant to be entertaining. They're not meant to be giving you individualized financial advice. Like a Jim Cramer. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. With the yeah, yeah, exactly. With all the sound it's all effects. All excited. Right. Yeah, and, and screaming at you and right. Um, so it is entertainment. Yeah. First and foremost, but what happens when when you, you you start following the advice from those shows is that it's it's designed for short-term investors, and as a retiree, you can't really be thinking about trying to get rich quick or. You need, to, you need to have your core assets in things that are, are safe and predictable. And you don't want to be, be lusting after other people's returns, too. So what I, what I mean by that is that <clears throat> we see this in terms of biases, right? So I call it social media bias, but it could be anything. It could be over the fence talking to your neighbor bias. Mm. When you're talking to someone else about their life, uh, especially if it's a casual acquaintance like a neighbor, they're never going to tell you the negative things that are going on in their life, right? They're going to only, oh, yeah. they're only, has, does anyone ever make a social media post that says, oh man, my life is so crappy? No, <laughs> they're only going to brag about either their kid getting yeah. into college or, or whatever it and is. My so, husband's so wonderful. And you know, they argue like cats <laughs> and dogs. So it's like, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> and exactly. so, and so th what it does is it creates a perception that other people are doing better than what they really are. Mm -hmm. And so um, <clears throat> it leads us to, to, to follow them. And, you know, that, that can be devastating for your investments. Yeah, yeah, got to watch out for that. Number to get in touch with Steve, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. The next one is Envy. And so, again, going back to, to uh, what we were just talking about, Envy is a natural thing where, where you see you're watching. So you're, now you're watching CNBC. You're seeing GameStop. Oh, sorry to pick on GameStop, but that's kind of one of the more recent things that have right. been in the news, you're seeing it go up and you say, well, it, you know, it's at 300 and, I, you know, I, I, it was at 80. I got to get in. Right. And now you get in and then it drops right back down to 80. And so 
um, you know, you're envious of the other people's performance. The other thing that happens with envy is something I call confirmation bias, right? So what happens is if you get into something because you believe it's going to it's going to be the, the holy grail, then what you do is you only look at news that supports your opinion and you discount anything that, that runs contrary to that. And that can be really devastating for your, your, your investments because you're not, you're not listening to reason. And so um, envy is, is definitely another one that you want to steer clear of. Yeah, yeah. Or like people listen to their certain talk shows because it's their opinion. It's what they, their ideology or whatever it is. So yeah, I take all the information in consideration when it comes to finances. Next one is gluttony. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so <laughs> well, I, could, I could give plenty of, uh, you know, personal stories on this one. So um, I, I like to eat, no, but it's... Uh, <laughs> Don't, I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> but when we talk about it in terms of money, it's failing to save, right? Oh, okay. So it's the, it's the um, you know, I'm not going to put off to tomorrow what I can enjoy today. Right. And so it's, uh, you know, there was a famous study where they gave a kid a marshmallow and they said, if you can go 10 minutes without eating this marshmallow, we have a much better treat for you. Oh, okay. And the majority of the kids eat the marshmallow because they can't delay can't gratification. Yep. And so that's what saving is, is delaying gratification, right? So mm-hmm. um, if you're able to save, then you're able to enjoy your retirement a lot more. So you have to think, all right, do I want to overextend myself to do this trip now when I could be, you know, diligently saving because the power of the compounding interest. So you want to be paying yourself first. And it seems like common sense advice, mm-hmm. but a lot of us don't do that. Right. And so we, we will take out a credit card debt to go do something we really want to do. And, um, it, you know, it can wreak havoc later on, especially if you let the credit card debt accumulate interest. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's not good debt to have. No, absolutely. Not. No, no. Our next one, and I, I've seen these actually at a, uh, an animal park in New York, <laughs> Animal Adventure. I'll give them a plug. Sloth. Sloth. Yeah. But it's not the sloths in the park. It's it's sloth, deadly sin. Right. Well, so if you're not contributing enough to your 401k to get the full match, um, it's like walking past $100 bills on the sidewalk. <laughs> and so <clears throat> we, you know, we, we see this a lot where people don't even realize what their match is or they, they leave money on the table because most 401k plans, and a lot of people don't realize this, will match you per pay is broken down in percentages. And the reason they do that and they don't break it down into dollars, because if you saw what you were paying in dollars, <laughs> you wouldn't want to pay them. No. <laughs> and no. so, and they always try and if it's, if it's a two or 3% fee, they're going to break it into three 1% fees, right? Because okay. it seems psychologically yeah, like, oh, exactly. Yeah. And so if you're paying unnecessary fees, that that's that's going to kill your overall performance as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you get that fine print. You know, we were really, yeah, yeah they're not going to look at that. That's where they hide it all. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, and, you know, we're talking about this, and I know, you know, you've got the experience behind you. You can guide people through all of this so they make the right decisions when it comes to their retirement. It, uh, that's the hope. And, you know, we're trying to get you to avoid those sins, and it leaves us our last sin, and which is wrath. And, um, and when I say wrath, I think about 2008, um, maybe March of last year. Um, if you're, if you're going and you're being overly aggressive, like what we were talking about, you can feel the wrath of the market. Right. 
But when I say wrath, I'm not talking that. I'm talking about the person who says, I'm going to go in on the next dip or I'm waiting. But then when it happens, like in March of last year, they don't pull the trigger. And so when you're, when you're overly cautious, you're actually going to face wrath later on because you didn't, you didn't take advantage of the opportunities when they were there. Mm-hmm. And so um, what happens is, is your financial plan gets ravaged. And so what we're going to do for the next 10 callers, Teresa, is we're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And in that plan, one of the things that we look at is these, these, these seven deadly sins. We're going to look to see if you're experiencing some of those. Were you, were you being overly aggressive? Were, were you paying too much in fees? One of the things that we do that's eye-opening for a lot of clients is we put together a spreadsheet that shows you in dollars what you're paying on your investments. And when you have that information, it's like anything. When you measure it, you make better decisions. When, if you made a New Year's resolution to lose weight, you typically go out and buy a scale. Why? Because if you're measuring yourself, you hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the, the same idea. If you're, if, you're, if you're looking at what you're actually paying, you make better decisions. And we're going to make that available again to the next 10 callers who call in the show. Yeah, that number to call, Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. First step is to sit down with a financial advisor like Steve. Something we're talking about today resonates with you. You know, whether it's, um, well, we've got tax planning, Social Security, health care, just getting that overall big picture. Give Steve a call, 800-705-9995, and won't be as painful as dieting, that's for sure. <laughs> 800-705-9995, if you feel the need, just get that second opinion or if you want to make sure your plan is aligned with your goals for your future give steve a call again that number 800-705-9995 800-705-9995 what's on the way next steve well no matter how carefully a project is planned something may still go wrong believe it or not yeah things go wrong <laughs> uh, that's certainly true about retirement as well and when we come back we're going to t- we're going to identify six steps to help avoid some of the common pitfalls you'll face approaching retirement Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. And Steve is a fiduciary, which means, folks, he's got your best interests in mind when it comes to retirement planning. And he is president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. And we've been talking about a lot of things today. And also, no matter how well we plan There's just always something that can go wrong from poor health to family situations to an unplanned retirement. There are things, though, we can do to minimize that, and they all involve a well-crafted plan. We've got six steps that can help you position you for a secure retirement. First one, Steve, is roll over your 401k. Yeah, so or as I like to call it, organizing your financial junk drawer. So what happens (laughs) is... We leave a job and we leave our 401k there. And they go by different names. They might be called a 403b or a 457 or a TSP. They're all the same thing. They're all pre-tax retirement plans. Mm-hmm. And what happens a lot of times is we might have that. We might have an IRA or a Roth IRA or a mutual fund that we opened. And we don't know how they all work together. So one of the benefits of rolling over an old plan and consolidating is that you can get everything working together cohesively. And if you do that, what happens a lot of times is you'll, you'll avoid unnecessary fees. You feel, you feel better because you have, greater, you have greater understanding of what you own. And then with a plan, you'll figure out why you own what you own and, and, 
and how it works to benefit you and your goals. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Better than a, than a junk drawer. That's for <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> you can never find anything in that. Um, second one is managing Medicare. On average, you should only expect Medicare to cover about half of your, exp- your health care expenses in retirement. To avoid delayed benefits or extra fees, you generally must sign up for Medicare during a seven-month window surrounding your 65th birthday. That's the three months before you turn 65, the bir- your birth month, and the three months after you turn 65. One powerful tool that can help you is a health savings account. And this is one of those things, Teresa, where people just kind of ignore that and they say, oh, yeah, I have it offered through work, but I haven't done it. These can be very powerful tools because you will at some point in your retirement consume more health care. Mm-hmm. And if you've saved that money, it's a lot easier, especially if you've saved it in a tax-efficient way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they are a great thing to have. Absolutely. Um, also, to maximizing Social Security. And so Social Security is the number one source of income for many retirees. And so if you know that ahead of time, why would you want to take a lower Social Security if that's going to be your primary source of income. And so if you're starting it at 62, especially if you're still working, a lot of times you'll end up losing some of your Social Security benefits. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to look at is, I want to start Social Security when I need to start Social Security. If I have other assets that I can tap into first, maybe it's smarter to tap into some of those other assets. If you're married, it's possible that your spouse could be dependent on your Social Security as well. So you don't want to sell them short because... Say you pass away and say one of you stayed at home and didn't have the same type of earnings record. Well, now that person, that survivor, is going to be able to switch over to your higher benefit if you've deferred it. However, if you took it at 62, they're getting your, a much lower benefit. Right, right. So bottom line is to hold out as long as you could because you're going to get a higher benefit from it. If it's possible. I mean, right, so, you're right, if you could. So I, I look at it in terms of two, two hurdles. I call it the financial hurdle and the health hurdle. So if you can't sustain yourself without taking the Social Security, then you didn't clear the financial hurdle, so you got to go ahead and take it early. Or there's a health hurdle, right? So if you know you have something that shortens your life expectancy, where you reasonably don't think you're going to make it into your mid-70s, it might make sense to take Social Security early. However, you also, if you're married, have to consider your your spouse, right? Because if you're the higher income earner, and I'll give you a real life example from a client. Okay. I had a client who had colon cancer. And so his wife never worked and was going to be dependent on his social security. He could have started social security, but he said, you know what, until I get close or it looks, my prognosis gets really, really bad. I'm going to delay it as long as I can because I want her to be able to have the higher benefit. He knew that he wasn't going to be around, but he wanted her to have more social security and mm-hmm. he didn't, they didn't need the money currently. And so that's, that's a real life example of, uh, of what we talk about with the health hurdle. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, also to transfer wealth or a wealth transfer. So one of the great things about doing a retirement distribution plan is that you'll have a sense of if your lifestyle is going to leave extra money at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that you look at is, all right, if I have X amount of money, say $3 million at is not going to be spent over the course of my lifetime, where do I want that money to go to? Now, if it's your kids, there are, there are different estate planning techniques to get that money to them in the most efficient manner. If it's a charity, there's actually tax benefits that you could get currently that would help you, and you could still benefit the charity upon your passing. 
Okay. Okay. Number to get in touch with Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Something we maybe kind of shy away from, don't want to talk about it, but it is a good thing. Manage debt. Yeah. So nearly two out of every three current workers call debt a major problem. And more than 40% say it's negatively impacting their ability to save for retirement. Now, rather than later, is the time to get a handle on your debt. So when we talk about debt, a lot of times people say, oh, I have a mortgage or a car payment. Well, those are typically, yes, they're, they're a form of debt, but they're low interest rate debt. Mm-hmm. When we're concerned about debt and where, where it becomes strangling for a retirement distribution plan is if you have high interest rate credit card debt. Right. So while they probably offer you every time you go into the store, hey, do you want to open up a Macy's card? <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should say no. It's not worth the $25 or whatever that you're saving that day because if you charge it, you're going to accumulate interest if you're not paying it back in full at the end of the month. And so debt becomes a very big problem. The other issue I see is that people will, will oversave or they'll save in an unsustainable way. And I'll give you an example sure. of that. So let's just say you had three kids that all just went to college. Okay. And so you weren't really able to save a lot for retirement in that situation. Mm-hmm. So now you've just paid the last tuition check and you say, you know what, I'm going to go all in on my retirement. And you, you're putting, you put away four times what you were putting away before. And what happens is your check shrinks and you didn't do it in a, a measured way and it's not sustainable. So what happens is you end up taking out credit card debt because you're over saving. You're saving more than you can stomach. Okay. So the, the, the right way to do it is to gradually build up that mm-hmm. savings, not to go all in all at once and make sure that you can digest the change in your paycheck. And so that, that's an area where it's, it, it coincides with managing debt. Yeah. And, and like they say, too, you know, you don't want to shortchange your kids, but you really should put yourself first in that situation and save for retirement because, you know, how are you going to make up for it later on? Like you just mentioned, taking out credit card debt, that's, that's not good. That's not good. Right. Yeah. Also, to consolidating accounts. And we just touched on this a minute ago, but if, you're, if you have multiple accounts and different accounts have different cost structures, right? And maybe you work at a plan, maybe you worked for a company where they only had six, six investment choices in your, in your plan. And so by having in, in an IRA, you're opening up to all the investments that are out there. And potentially you have the ability to grow that money a little bit better because you have access to more choice, more flexibility, more control. More control is always a good thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, you know, you've got the years of experience with helping people. And, and I know that you could provide the same assistance to our listeners out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the things that we look at is we're going to look at all of your plans. We're going to look at that financial junk drawer. We're going to create a list of what you have, what you're paying, show you in dollars, and we're going to create a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. That plan is going to go through what you're paying in fees, what your retirement's going to cost you. Are you going to have extra money at the end? Are there, are there estate planning techniques that you could use today to benefit yourself or potentially whoever will be inheriting your assets. These are the types of things that we're going to look at in our plans. And for the next five callers, we're going to give that plan absolutely free. All right. And the number to call, Steve, it's 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. And today, folks, it's your opportunity to get the tomorrow that you want. 
There's no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation. You just need to sit down and get a financial roadmap put together. And Steve's going to translate complex financial world into something that just makes sense. And if something we've been talking about resonates with you today, whether it's, oh, it's tax planning, it's Social Security, maybe, you know, saving up for uh, health care, HSAs, or just an overall big picture, you can give Steve a call. And that number again, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And Steve's got over two decades of experience. He's a fiduciary. And what that means simply is that he's looking out for your best interests, not some other company who's got their best interests. That is something extremely important. He's going to sit down, put a comprehensive financial review into place, look at where you are now, but most importantly, the review is going to show you where you need to be in retirement. Have a stress-free retirement. That there's just there's no price, right? For yeah. you can put no on. price on peace of mind. No, no, absolutely not. In short, folks, you have nothing to lose. Again, that number to call Steve. It's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And we've got uh, maybe one of your favorite segments on the way. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, for sure. The the response has just been phenomenal. For uh, this is what show five now, mm-hmm. and uh, we've gotten some great questions coming in from our listeners. And coming up next, we're going to give you some answers right after this. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. You can also check out his website, laurelwealthsolutions.com. Time now for listener questions. We've got Joseph first up in Archer. He says, it seems to me that taxes will be going up sooner than later. A lot of people are saying that. I'm planning to retire in early 2022. What should I be doing now to ensure that higher taxes won't eat away in my portfolio? I've got about $220,000 in an IRA, $75,000 in a Roth, and a brokerage account. So that's a great question, Joseph. And you're doing a lot of the right things with the Roth IRA and the brokerage account. The IRA, depending on how, you, how you're contributing, I would assume that your new contributions are going into the Roth. If they're not, you want to make those new contributions go into the Roth because that money is going to grow tax-free. You're, you're absolutely right. There's a very good chance that taxes are going to go up. In 2025, at the end of 2025, our current tax code sunsets. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if we're doing all this government spending, that at some point... The government can only make money one way, and that's to raise taxes. So um, I don't think anyone's going to come out and make a George Bush-type promise of read my lips. (laughs) Yeah, not this time around. (laughs) Yeah, not this time around, at least. And so um, you're you're absolutely right. But the easiest way to control your taxes is by by investing in in tax-efficient accounts. And then... Having a retirement distribution plan so that when you do take money from tax from your from your accounts, that you're taking them out in a tax efficient way, meaning that you're not catapulting yourself into a higher tax bracket. So you want to kind of manage your tax bracket in retirement, and you want to make sure that the money you are taking from your IRA, Joseph, is coming out uh, in in increments, so that you're not catapulting again and jumping from say a 12% bracket to a 22% bracket. Okay. 
Okay. And Diane now in Bronson. I've heard of fixed annuities, and I've heard you mention fixed indexed annuities. Are they essentially the same thing? I'm 63 and looking to retire in two years, and I'm wondering if either might be right for me. Diane, that's a great question. They're not the same thing. They're, are, they're both fixed in that the principal is guaranteed. So your principal is protected. Anytime it has the word fixed, that means your principal is protected. But mm. the way that they credit interest is very different. A fixed annuity is going to pay you usually a stated interest rate every single year. Sometimes they'll give you a teaser rate for the first year where they'll pay you, say, 5% interest. But then they have the right to drop it to a floor rate, which is usually 1% or a half of a percent. And so <clears throat> that's one type of fixed annuity. Another type would be you lock in a rate for that entire duration, say, six years. And it will be, say, 2.5% for the, the six-year period. A fixed indexed annuity, your principal is protected, but your interest is measured by an index. And so there are different, there are a thousand different flavors of fixed indexed annuities, and they're very complicated products. They can be the nuclear weapon of savings vehicles in retirement, but they need to be explained to you properly, and you need to buy it for the right reason. So these are an alternative, any kind of fixed annuity is an alternative to bonds. It shouldn't be positioned as an alternative to a stock portfolio, these are not going to make you 11, 15, 12, 13, 15% returns. They're designed to produce about a 4 to 6% return. There are different strategies. Some have caps, meaning if the index goes up 18%, maybe you get the first 4%. You always want to look to see if the product has an uncapped strategy. Anytime there's an uncapped strategy, that means if there is a really good year, you could benefit and maybe instead of getting three or four percent, maybe you make six or seven that year. And so if you go in with the right expectation and you're buying it for the right reason, it can be a great product. Okay. All right. Good advice. Good advice. Next is George in Otter Creek. I have to start taking my required minimum distributions this year and I have three different IRAs. Should I take some money from each account or take it all from one? Great question, George. There's no right answer to this, but Usually the way that I look at it is I would segment your assets into three buckets, a liquid bucket, an income bucket, and a growth bucket. In a market like the one that we've been in where the stock market has gone straight up, I would actually be inclined to take from your stock portfolio because the market has been so good. In a normal year, you want to normally the kind of the rule of thumb would be to take from the lowest yielding account. But if you've just had a massive run like what we've had in the stock market since March of last year, it may make sense if you're looking at taking your minimum distribution to take a little bit of risk off the table and take it from the stock piece of your portfolio. If you do that and say you don't need your minimum distribution to live on, you can always go back into the stock market in a regular brokerage account. But where the market is so good, that might, that might make sense. But it's one of those things that you really want to sit down and have an individualized plan. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and you could talk with Steve, George, and the number to call uh, Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Next up is Rachel in Hawthorne. Is there a good rule of thumb for how much of my IRA should be invested in safe investments at age 60? Or is it just a matter of personal preference? Rachel, there is no such thing as a rule of thumb. <laughs> a rule of thumb is going to just get your thumbs chopped off. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. So... <clears throat> If we look at what the rule of thumb technically is, at 60 years old, the old rule of thumb is you should have your age in bonds, which would be 60% in bonds. But let's look at when that rule of thumb was created. It was created in the 70s 
when interest rates were substantially higher mm. on bonds, yeah. number one. And what were most financial services companies selling at that time? Bonds. So what did they want you to buy more of? Bonds. So that rule of thumb wasn't created for you. It was created for the financial services industry. And what you want to do is have an individualized plan because you want to know what you're spending. And you want, you want your spending to determine and your goals to determine the allocation, not some kind of cookie cutter or rule of thumb. And so great question, but that's one of those things where you would need to really put together an individualized plan. Take a hard look at what you want your lifestyle to be in retirement and what that will cost. And then you can determine how to properly segment and, at, and allocate your assets. Okay. And our last question is from Kyle in Crescent City. I'm 71 years old and on Medicare. I do not have a health savings account. We were talking about that earlier. My wife is 63 years old and is not on Medicare, but she has an HSA where she contributes $3,600 per year. If she contributes $7,200 for the family, can I use that for my medical expenses? So per IRS publication 969, your spouse can use her HSA money for herself, her spouse, or any dependents. So great question, Kyle, but yes, yes, you would be able to. And again, that's a great thing, the HSA, because you're now, you're now not having to come out of pocket. You're taking it from a tax-sheltered vehicle, and you're, you're, you're basically you're doing proper planning. So I would absolutely... If you, if you can stomach it in her pay, the reduction in her pay, I would absolutely contribute more into the HSA. Okay, okay. All great questions. I know we're, we're getting more in uh, just about every day. We'll have more of those coming up next week. And right now I know you've got more uh, that you can offer the listeners. Yeah, I mean, the, the phone lines have been lighting up, but we're, we, we still have three spots available, Teresa. So, mm-hmm. um, again, we're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. We're going to look at your whole picture. We're going we're gonna to do a tax analysis. We're going to do all the things that we talked about. Do you need an HSA? How much is your health care going to cost you? What is your lifestyle going to cost you? What are the things that you want to do in your retirement? And are you, are you there already? Do you have enough to retire? If you don't have enough to retire the way you want to, how close are you? And the, this type of peace of mind comes from having a plan. And for the next three callers, we're going to still offer that plan for free. So um, if you could give them the number. Sure. That number is 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. Again, folks, this is your last chance today. We've got three spots left, and I hear the phone's ringing now, so pick up the phone and give, give Steve a call right now. Again, this is for retirees and pre-retirees, common sense planning and straight talk. And you just need to sit down with Steve. He'll put a financial roadmap together for you, and he'll translate the complex financial world into something that makes sense. We keep saying that, but it's true. There's just so many things to go over. And, and Steve's got over two decades of experience. He's well-versed in all this. He's, you know, he can sit down and just listen to your concerns. No cookie cutter approaches here, folks. Steve's going to take the time to put a tailor-made plan in place for you. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Take the stress out of planning for your future. Again, just We've been talking so much about some tax planning, maybe Social Security, health care. Maybe you went to a different advisor and you're not quite sure. You want to get a second opinion. You just don't have a good feeling in your, as we say, your gut. You know, you want to get another opinion. Give Steve a call. He'll be there to help you. 
Um, find out what your investments are really costing you because of high fees or commissions, what future tax implications will be, and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. Pick up the phone and call now, folks. Again, 800-705-9995, 800-705-95. And it's been, it's been a really, really great show. We'll see you next week. All right. We'll see you all back next week for another edition of The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with the SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. 